0: All the way it's the ultimate prize and you know i'm I'm one of the people fortunate enough to have worked in leagues where where i've been with a team that's reached that champions league final and and won that tournament and it's it's a truly incredible uh thing and so if you can be there at the start of it um it, it can be an incredible journey we now know the path for nsc's first journey into full continental competition Plus, we've gotten three new draft picks to talk about and breaking hot off the internet presses, the digital proverbial presses. The schedule is out for 2024. This will likely be the first place that you hear discussion of that. And hopefully it's the first place you go each week for coverage of Nashville Soccer Club from the two people who've covered the club longer than anyone in their respective disciplines. This is Club and Country. I'm Wes Bowling.
1: And I'm Tim Sullivan, the creator of ClubCountryUSA.com. And I'm very glad that I did not, as I was planning to do. It is National Signing Day. Uh, for those who are aware of my day job, it's the busiest day of the year. I almost just went straight to the bar <laughs> after, after Virginia Tech <laughs> announced everything. Uh, the schedule news uh, made me very glad I did not. Uh, yeah. we, ha- we have an opportunity to talk about it real quick as well. We are here. I know it's a very busy day for you.
0: Uh, VaTech got it all done by by 3 p.m eastern time though 2 p.m eastern time that's good news
1: yeah uh yeah they got it done extremely quickly they were done i mean they they knew every single kid that they were going to get i knew every single kid that they were going to get and they it's just a matter of how they announced them and fortunately they announced them um pretty much all by all by 10 and then they just had a, a press conference about an hour ago so as as everybody's listening i'm uh, running on fumes to a certain extent, but I'll, I'll do my best to, <laughs> to put on a game face for y'all. Hot Tim
0: winter. There are many seasons at once as you're in, in yeah. hot, hot hokey winter as well. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> that. Uh, I'm in a hotel room in Boulder, Colorado with a three-year-old in the next room. Hopefully not needing too much of my attention. We're on our holiday travels, but wanted to, to catch up with you guys this week and talk about a lot of developments today. Going to dive into the CCL draw. Look at the schedule, that 2024 schedule that just dropped at around 1 p.m. Central time on Wednesday. Recap the draft, plus an additional signing. um, International slots, we hardly knew you. We'll talk a bit about other small transactions ongoing right now. Uh, A brief look into free agency, and then the latest in the U.S. Open Cup drama. More breaking news on Wednesday. A lot going on, but first, on the top end, Tim, want to make sure people know if you like the show, give us a Christmas present, Hanukkah present, whatever you may celebrate, Festivus present, or none of the above. Uh, hop on Apple Podcasts and, or Spotify and give us a five-star rating and a quick review. That would be all we ask of you uh, this holiday season. If you listen to the show, if you like it, tell a friend about the show and hop on and give us a little five-star review. Two sentences uh, would be great as well. Just something that explains why you like the show. And Tim, in addition to that, folks, of course, need to... Go to ML Rose sometime over the holiday season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When you when you started talking about like Hanukkah uh, celebrations as a president, I was like, oh, he's going to be telling people to go to to ML Rose, and that's exactly what they should be doing. Uh, you left out Kwanzaa. People can have their uh, Karamu feast. At, absolutely, uh, their Karamu feast for Kwanzaa uh, at ML Rose uh, this this December, and it's a situation that. Uh, uh, we are very excited to have ML Rose as our sponsor. Um, and obviously we are we are hoping to work with them in, in many future years. And the more people uh, listen to this podcast and, and tell their server that they heard about ML Rose um, from the podcast, it, the more it helps us out,
0: the more it helps them out as well. Yeah, if you're looking for something to do with the family, I know we all love, well, most of us love our families. It's good to see them, but it could be central, sensory overload a lot of full houses, or maybe you're, you know, hanging out with family who's in the Nashville area, you need something to do. Uh, there actually is a new brunch menu, some new items on that brunch menu at ML Rose. So any time of day on the weekends, you're covered. Uh, and of course, uh, afternoons, evenings, seven days a week, good place to go watch a meaningless college football game and, uh, you know, have something to talk about besides. Or,
1: or it must be noted, an important, college football game featuring our beloved michigan wolverines
0: <laughs> that one is important and because they're playing alabama i will be wearing maize and blue even though i am not okay with anything that's happened in ann arbor this year uh, probably <laughs> a topic for another podcast an enemy of alabama is a friend of mine as i also tell all of my auburn friends all the time so uh go blue i gotta say it go yes blue. there it is you're gonna root for Are tennessee you... against the hawkeyes can we clip or... that can the no. producer
1: of the show clip that for
0: us? I will not clip that as the producer of the show.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, let's get into the early shout now. And uh, let's start with, what do you want to start with? CONCACAF Champions League or schedule?
1: I'll, I'll... Yeah, let's get into the CONCACAF Champions League. So I have, uh, li- literally as we are recording, I don't think people realize this. I was walking into my office and the schedule dropped. So we are we are getting our eyes on it for the first time. So let's talk uh, CONCACAF Champions League first. Great. Well, I like to That's start... right, League league
0: yes it is ccl not ccc despite what you know the cup itself might lead you to believe it is spiritually
1: always ccl
0: do you like to start your day with a cup of coffee or do you like to start with mocha
1: um i don't like this pun i don't like where it's going we can just talk about the team. <laughs> I won't take things down a dark route. We'll season
0: it with a little <laughs> sweetness here. Uh, as as you look at the Mocha, by the way, uh, Mocha from Dominican Republic, uh, the name of the football club and also of the 10th largest city in the Dominican Republic. Uh, their team, Mocha, will play Nashville SC. They will host Nashville SC in uh, Cock Calf Champions League action before returning to Nashville, uh, Geodas Park, for the second Leg in early February. A little bit about mocha They're the third and final team to get through via Caribbean Cup. Usually, just the winner of that tournament has gotten in, but because the tournament's expanded to 27 teams, uh, they won the, the the third place match to get in uh, via that uh, competition. Three time Liga Mayor champions. Last time back in 2020. Uh, so, pretty established team in the Dominican Republic. Uh, right uh, right now, actually, they just finished the season. Uh, they were second in the table in Liga Mayor. Uh, located about 150 kilometers north of Santo Domingo, but reports indicate they're going to play that match, Tim, in Santo Domingo, where the big tree is right beyond the goal, <laughs> yeah. as uh, folks at Austin might remember, because they played a Haitian team there and lost. And that's a word to the wise, Tim, right? That it's not always a straightforward proposition. Look, Nashville should beat this team, and especially yeah. that game in Nashville. But we shouldn't expect Nashville to go down and get an easy 3-0 win in the Caribbean, should we?
1: Yeah, I mean, we can we can expect them to go down and get a three nothing win. It's the easiness that I think is is uh, a little bit uh, pompous, perhaps. I think it's totally reasonable to expect. Um, if you're an Austin FC fan at the beginning of the 2023 season, it's totally reasonable to expect your team to go in there and beat Violette. The issue is the team didn't take it seriously. I don't even think they sent most of their first team down there and they dug themselves a big enough hole that they couldn't get out of at home. So that's what Nashville SC needs to avoid. You can go down there and you can lose in the DR, but you do not want to lose badly. Uh, You need to come back to Nashville with enough of a a leeway, I guess you could say to, to give yourself the chance to get an easy win at Geotas park, uh, much easier at Geotas park than, than in the Dominican Republic. And, And that's what you need to do if you want to advance in this tournament. And I think, at least against against the Dominican team in the first round of the tournament you want to advance. I mean we've talked in the past about how you kind of uh manage your roster and manage your uh your personnel to make sure you don't burn guys out early in the year. Uh this this match is not one that you think about rolling with the academy guys unless you think those academy guys are good enough to w- to uh to actually win the game. You want to get out of this round at the very least.
0: Yeah, we know how uh CCL is going to fit into Nashville's larger schedule now. And so we can get into that in a minute, but it'll all start with Mocha away uh, on February 22nd as a Thursday before hosting Red Bulls three days later. Uh, So you're looking at some tough rotation decisions there for sure. Uh, Nothing straightforward there uh, for Gary Smith. Uh, But, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how they approach that in terms of trying to, to use that depth, maybe trying to get away with something, knowing you should be able to get it done at home. Um, after that and it's not always been too easy uh, for for uh, teams not just Austin but other uh, MLS or League MX teams down in the Caribbean uh, just to look at the last four uh, Caribbean Cup representatives and how they've performed against um, teams from the two largest leagues in uh, in North America Austin of course we mentioned lost to Violet 3-0 on the road couldn't turn that around at home Cruz Azul drew on the road uh, with a Haitian team, I believe it was, a nil-nil draw before beating them 8-0 in Mexico. So that worked out just fine for them. Uh, Cruz Azul went to Portmore, Jamaica a few years ago, a 2-1 road win there before, again, winning big at home. Red Bulls down to Pantoja, the last Dominican team to make it. That was in 19. Uh, Red Bulls won that one 2-0 on the road. So, you know, I think we can, we can expect, certainly, Nashville to advance, Tim, but nothing for granted. Nothing for granted, especially as you're looking for Red Bulls to open the MLS season just three days later.
1: Yeah, and the main thing is you need to take it seriously enough to win, as we've just said um, a number of times. But you also need to take it uh, seriously enough that um, you are properly managing where it fits into the rest of your schedule, because I don't think you want to, um, you know, play honey Muktar for ninety minutes um, in the Dominican Republic in in the middle of February and think that you're going to get 90 minutes out of him every single match of the regular season as well. And Nashville needs to be very smart about that. Um, we've talked about how maybe the the Cup run uh, last summer, the League's Cup run, not the ACL run, um, maybe led to some of that struggle throughout the months of uh, August, September, and then October. Um, and Nashville is going to have to be very wise with how they manage this.
0: And then we have buried the lead, of course. If Nashville does what's expected and beat Mocha, Enter Miami awaits. Uh, that's right. Lionel Messi and Inter Miami. How satisfying is that bearing, Tim, compared to the others that Nashville could have drawn in that round of 16? There were chances, for instance, they could have hit up against Pachuca, Crew, Robin Hood, or Alajuelense. Those were the other teams that were seeded and automatically entered into the round of 16. Of course, there's also a chance they could have just played another round, a first round winner. Uh, but just based on if they were to draw one of those, you know, five seeded teams, are you happy it's Miami or do you wish it had been somebody else?
1: Yeah, I mean, from a from a competitive perspective, I think Miami is is probably the worst team of that bunch. Even with Lionel Messi, the issue is, of course, that Lionel Messi can go out and and win a game against you no matter how good or bad his team is, and that's that's a pretty big deal. Um, it would have been nice to to go to Alajuela uh, in this competition and um Costa Rica is uh, awesome. I re- I really like it there. um but uh it is also a situation where I think this probably gives you the best chance to advance. So um it's also a chance for revenge. I just mentioned the the league's Cup um I, I spoke extemporaneously and i I, I happen to mention it, but it, it's a, a revenge chance for Nashville SC after being really disappointed with how that final turned out.
0: So you say the worst team outside of Robin Hood, right? So you think Alef yeah, yeah, is yeah. better potentially than a Messi
1: Miami team? Uh yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is Messi, Messi is is still, and I think um this is this is a, a talking point for another. He's kind of like external to what inter Miami is. Except in as much as he can be all that they are on a given day, so we know that um, you, you almost you almost have to evaluate it in two separate chunks. Um, with him, with him, they can win any game, but I think guaranteeing that he will be there for a cup competition is is not, um, you know, it's not especially at this stage of the year. It's it's different than happening midway through the year when he's just joining the team. So, um, yeah, yeah, I guess I, I guess uh, the thing is that you you can never rule out a team with Messi. It's just a matter of of you don't have a guarantee that he's going to go out there and, and be a 90-minute player, basically ever, but certainly in a cup yeah. competition.
0: It's kind of funny how this is looking like a possible League's Cup redux. You've got uh, Messi, most likely, in Miami in the uh, round of 16. If you win that, you're likely either playing FC Cincinnati or Monterey, two teams, of course, that Nashville knocked off in League's Cup. Uh, it's kind of fun. You've got some rivalries and storylines developing. On the other hand, uh, you know, it's a chance to see some different teams that Nashville's not going to get unless they get to the semis really I don't know how I feel about that whether I like the fact that you're kind of building some some salt with with Raiados if you get there or whether I would have liked to see I mean you mentioned Pachuca as a team you would have enjoyed seeing yeah. Nashville play for instance and that's not going to work out
1: yeah I, I uh I saw Raiados in there and I I did the little like peeking eyes emoji for sure um I as we have discussed in the past that's the the Liga MX team that I follow the most so that was interesting but uh, I just mentioned that Nashville SC wants a revenge game against an Inter Miami team that they felt they were better than. Uh, that's that's how those teams are going to feel about Nashville too. Whether it's Cincinnati, whether it's Monterrey, um, those teams feel like they lost to a worse team in Concacaf or in uh, the League's Cup last year, and they'll want their revenge in Concacaf Champions League. Um, since those are still two-legged ties, it's going to be really sweet if Nashville gets to go to Monterrey. That city rules. I just almost spoke a curse word, um, but but that city's awesome, and um, it would be it would be really cool for Nashville SC fans to have the experience. To go uh, and see it, I know we don't load up on those in the show, but you're allowed to curse on the
0: show, you know. Right?
1: Yeah, I know. We were we were explicit one time. Um, we can ask our good friend of the show Valeria Shabilla what I what I told him is I I had a funny joke that I will remain off air. <laughs> right,
0: since my three year old is in the next room, I'll I'll keep the clean label on this <laughs> myself. But the headphones are on if you choose to get a little salty. Uh, So the schedule just came out. Let's get there now because this shows us kind of where this is going to fit in with the larger scheme of things. We mentioned Mocha will be the first competitive match the Nashville plays Thursday, February 22nd. Then it's Red Bulls at home on the 25th. And then Mocha at home again on the 28th before a trip to Colorado that weekend. So that's the tough swing that we're talking about with the the opening stretch of, of CCC. But otherwise, Tim, I think the biggest thing you can ask if you're playing in external competition and not everybody else is is to try to either play against the teams that are uh, as well, which is not the case for Nashville, looking all the way to March 30th against Columbus Crew, or to play your games at home. Nine of Nashville's first 13 matches of the 2024 season in league play will be at home. Of course, that's 10 of the first 15 if you include those two CCL matches. And while that means nine of the final 14 are away, I think you take that trade, right, with the the chance of advancing in continental competition and playing most of your games at home.
1: Yeah, it's, it's something that if, if you're going to be strained for an external reason at the beginning of the year, you would rather uh, have the internal strain be as minimal as possible. And I don't know if MLS did this intentionally. I haven't looked at the other team's schedules yet uh, to confirm whether or not that, that they have done this for all the teams that are c- competing in CONCACAF Champions League. But it, it works out for Nashville SC. It's still not ideal to have a really front-loaded schedule with a lot of games. Um, If you if you beat Mocha in the, in the two-legged series, as as again, you would expect, you're right back at at the beginning of March and your two-legged tie in the next round. So it is a situation where Nashville is still going to have to manage their legs, but it's a hell of a lot easier to manage your legs if you don't have to get on a plane at the end of every game and, and come back home too.
0: Uh, what's interesting to me as well is you have a lot of six-point matches to close the season as Nashville opens with a lot of games against Western Conference opponents. They, they start uh, the first road match is Colorado Rapids. They have Galaxy there in the first three. They go to LAFC still in March. San Jose in April. So you get four of those, I guess, again, seven uh, Western Conference matches out of the way there pretty early in the season, which means their final one, two, three, this is sexy audio listening, I know, four, five, six, seven, eight, The final eight matches of the year are against Eastern Conference opponents, and five of those are going to be away from home. Uh, and I look toward, for instance, the Cincinnati home match, September 21st, the fifth to last of the season, uh, and, and the New England and New York City FC trip uh, as really kind of key late season contest, i know we're just literally thumbing through this for the first time as we're talking to each other here but is there anything that immediately jumps out at you
1: yeah i think having chicago fire on decision day also by the way you don't need to count they have numbers on the left column here wes if you can subtract 26 from okay. 34 you can just you can do that
0: behind the scenes here i've got you in a tiny <laughs> window on the right I'm just on my laptop today. I've got that on a tiny window. I did, literally did not see the match yeah. week listed. So thank you. That no, was-
1: but I think uh, I think closing against Chicago Fire, even if it's away, is the easiest decision day match Nashville has had. yet. It's the easiest opponent Nashville has had. They've been at home um, for decision day each of their first four years, if I recall correctly. I'm, I'm almost certain about that. And they've played Red Bulls three times in those. Um, it is a situation where you finally have a, a fairly easy opponent, um, unless fire completely changes the way they are. I think that's, that's a really interesting one for that reason. It, Nashville has not had super good decision day success. Um, other than I believe the Orlando match the genre the match was a, a decision day match, or maybe it was the midweek right before. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a chance to kind of get that monkey off their back. And, and maybe you can kind of, Going to the playoffs, uh, knock on wood, you can you can enter the playoffs with a little positive momentum in a way that Nashville hasn't had a chance to do yet. I mean, I do think that some of these trips, you've got uh, Orlando City on August 31st. Then you've got an international break. Then you've got at Atlanta. Going to two of your of your kind of southern rivals back to back in that stretch there is going to be a little bit of a, a tough haul. But it depends on where you are, all three of, of those teams, not only Nashville, but also Orlando and Atlanta. Where they fit in the table at that time to see if it's going to be meaningless because one of those teams is bad, meaningless because two of those teams are bad, or if it's going to be jockeying for, you know, first, second, third, fourth in the Eastern Conference and and really be a meaningful match, not just because of the rivalry factor, but because of what it means in the standings. A
0: couple other notes here. Nashville does not have a home stretch of more than two matches all year but their first road stretch of two matches at all is not till weeks 14 and 15. So they've got some time. The toughest uh, stretch of the season going to be a three game swing in July. Yeah. Two Columbus, two Portland, two DC. Uh, Another interesting note. And that's,
1: and that's, and that's over the course of 10 days too. the uh, Columbus one is a midweek.
0: That's rough. That's really rough. Uh, And uh, six games against Western conference teams this year, not seven, as I previously stated, they are Colorado, nice great to play them early in the year a team that's had some struggles going to colorado you'll take that that matchup most the most of the time la galaxy at home uh, usually a good draw and a team that again figuring things out might be good toward the end of the year but might take some time to get there lafc away i don't need to tell you that's a tough one then you have san jose earthquakes at home for your fourth western conference game again i think you, you take that no problem uh, Portland Timbers away, we just mentioned, and Austin at home. I, that's a pretty balanced, but maybe on the easy side, I think, uh, Western Conference schedule, assuming, again, that that none of these teams are making dramatic changes from a year ago, although the odds tell us somebody will just because of the period. Well, I mean,
1: LA, LAFC will, but that might not be possible. <laughs> uh,
0: that's true. That's a good point. They are not playing, though, in continental competition, interestingly, so uh, they're not one of the 10 MLS teams involved, so they they will at least have a little more time to work on themselves. take some me time. Uh, get out of the dating (laughs) pool for a bit (laughs) treat yourself treat yourself uh just a a couple of notes there but again your last home match dc united october 2nd and the Nashville goes away from home new york city fc chicago fire also looking just at the number of midweek matches so i know those can be challenging uh there are there are more this year i'm seeing six seven eight including cock cap champions league and of course uh you're going to have more than that if you advance past mocha Most likely. Uh, And I've advanced past mocha to straight up cappuccino now. So uh, (laughs) anything else with the schedule that you want to know? Of course, folks can find it uh, online and, and read it themselves. But anything else you want to highlight here?
1: No, I think uh, it's always nice. It it feels really early this year. I feel like it usually ha- drops at the beginning of January. It feels early to like kind of know, okay, what which games am I going to be able to make it to? It's good for fans to be able to potentially make their early plans to go to some of these road games. Um, f- how long does it take to get a passport? Do you think I can get a passport by February twenty second? We can, can talk it. about this later. Twenty oh, second. But, but but I really want to. Yeah. I really want to go to the Dominican Republic. That would be sweet. You're, but, yeah, I think you got
0: plenty of time there. Two months yeah. is more than enough time. But you might want to expedite it just in case. And you can write that off as a business expense, I guess, right? Yeah, probably. There you go. You make Mm. that happen. Um, Yeah, I knew the schedule was dropping this week. Uh, Did not expect it to be while my three-year-old was hanging out in the next room and we were about to record a podcast. But that works out pretty well. So so we'll go with it. (laughs) One bummer, I always want there to be a summer of soccer. Like, you know, four out of five home games right in the heart of when school's out and, and families can go. Not really getting that. Uh, May 25th through June 19th, there are five matches. Only one of them is at home. Then you do have a two-game home stand, including NYCFC and Messi. So that'll be fun. Maybe those are the ones to go to. And then just one home match in July. So in June and July, you only have four home matches in that whole stretch. And one of them is on June 1st. Uh, so a little bit of a bummer there. That's when the road stretch is for Nashville. But I think they're still paying for the benefit they got in 2021 when they had like four straight home games and they got results in every one of them. And that was the best Nashville SC has played, I think in their history. Uh, so still paying, paying the Piper, I guess, for getting that opportunity. Um, all right. Well, moving along then um, back to CCL for one question before we get into the super draft, I uh, wanted to keep the Nashville themes together. Let's go outside in, in CCL juiciest matchup in the first round. Is there, is there one that you look at and say, Ooh, outside Nashville, this one's going to be a lot of fun. I think union saprisa is it for me. But you got two teams who are used to being in this competition and Saprisa one of those that you don't even you're not even tempted to take that for granted anymore if you're union, because you look at a team that has been to this competition so many times and knows exactly how to comport themselves.
1: Yeah, I've, I've watched so much Saprissa in my life um, just because Randall Leal signed for Nashville SC like a year and a half before leaving Saprissa. So I've seen that. Um, they're one of those smaller country teams that Liga MX and MLS squads are not going to overlook though um, because of their history of success. So it's it's going to be competitive, but it's not going to be competitive uh, in the way that Nashville's <laughs> matchup might be competitive where they they would have to kind of overlook Mocha to make it um, a, an issue. Um, the one that I think is sneaky good is Vancouver Whitecaps Football Club against UANL and if people don't know what that is that is uh Tigres uh Tigres is really <laughs> good uh I really like the concept of a Vancouver team having a chance to prove itself I, they're one of those clubs that even when they're good in Major League Soccer play nobody ever thinks about them or believes that they're actually a solid club if they've ever wanted to go out and and say hey this is this is a real club where we're not just the the forgotten Canadian club this is their opportunity to do that
0: uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, they'll definitely be the underdog. They got the raw deal of that draw, but uh, yeah, definitely. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then Tigres is saying, "We got to go all the way to Vancouver. <laughs> that's a that's a flight. That's a trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, just yeah, hang hang with them. No, right?
1: Caraymos.
0: Yeah, exactly." Um, <laughs> I, of course, this is where this is when my Spanish skills totally slip. When I that means we don't want to. Uh, <laughs> I know I got it. I, I understood. Okay. I was trying to respond cogently, and this is just like when I went to Mexico and was trying, and it just it was a failure. <laughs> I tried, tried very hard. Uh, super draft, by the way, Nashville made a couple moves on super draft day. Uh, they bought pick number eleven from Portland for hundred twenty five in GAM seventy five K of that, by the way, was twenty twenty four GAM, and they sold pick number seventeen to St Louis and got that GAM back seventy five K back. Presumably, Tim, they they worked up a few spots to get a top tier player here, as we typically don't see a whole lot of depth in these draft classes outside of the first 10 to 15 picks. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can recall the first draft that Nashville SC participated in, which is the one that they've gotten the most out of overall. Um, Jack Mayer was obviously and remains an important player for this club. Um, Elliot Panico, uh, same. Uh, Alistair Johnson was and is now plying his trade in Europe. He's he's participating at the highest levels. Now that first draft was huge for Nashville SC, but as you've seen in subsequent years, and as you saw in that draft too, if you don't, pick a guy in the first many picks, it changes year to year, but there's there's a, a limit after which you are not expecting to get contributors anymore. Nashville wanted to make sure they were up high enough to get a contributor, somebody that they believe in and somebody that they think can actually play and and make an impact in MLS instead of kind of hoping that a lottery uh, a lottery ticket is one that pays off.
0: So essentially Nashville spends a net of 50000 in next year's game to get a player that will likely join them in a year and could be a contributor versus at 17, not knowing if you're going to get a guy. To me, that's you don't know if it's good business until three years from now. Don't even look at the sorry, love you, MLSsoccer.com. No, you had to write this. Your editors told you to. Don't look at the draft grades. That means nothing. I'm sorry. Look at it to get some biographical details about the players. Don't look at it to evaluate. We're not no. going
1: to know. We're not going to go hours. I love it everybody go to mlssoccer.com and, and read it immediately i love it sicko Just, stuff is, is what is what, okay. is what people come here for okay read it don't take stock in it they gave nashville a b plus yeah. like,
0: look eh,
1: draft grades don't even mean anything in the
0: nfl much more so yeah. when we're not going to see any of these players for nashville at least for another year uh because of what we know about wyatt meyer let's get into some biographical details of him pack 12 defensive player of the year the first round pick for Nashville, teamed up with second round pick Kevin Carmichael to lead Cal to its best defensive performance since 2013. The two of them are center backs Meyer, left footed center back, Carmichael on the right. Both of them, according to CalBears.com, plan to return to Cal for next season. That's a new wrinkle this year that MLS clubs can draft a player, retain their rights, but send them back to college. He's going to complete his English major at a great school at Berkeley, going to continue developing. Uh, We don't know, Tim, we don't know what Wyatt Meyer is going to be for this team. But based on what you're seeing, based on what you know of him, do you feel like they got their guy? Do you feel like they got a guy that they're going to be very happy to draft at number 11?
1: Yeah, I think they've been looking for uh, another Dave Romney for a while. And this is, as a lefty, the most precise, (laughs) the most precise fit that they've been looking for. And I mean, I don't I don't know uh, if it was worth moving up. I don't know exactly how good he's going to be. Um, I spend more time watching college soccer than probably anybody listening to this podcast. And I still don't really know who's going to project all that well to MLS. Um, this, the one thing about this year's draft specifically is that all the experts uh, from our friend Travis Clark at Top Drawer Soccer, Tom Bogart of The Athletic, The Extra Time Guys, um, anybody who's writing draft grades on com. You don't really know who the top four to five guys were in this draft class, uh, much less a consensus number one. So if if you're looking at a guy who was kind of projected as a as a top ten pick, and you got him number eleven, it feels like a win, but you don't know until he shows up. I, I will be stunned uh, if if he, as as I was stunned when it has happened previously, if Nashville's previous number eleven pick was Alistair Johnson, and he's a guy who's now um, you know playing, and I don't know if they're if they're in Champions League, but he's certainly playing in, in European competition. I think that uh, you would be very surprised because that's just not what happens with number 11 picks. But I think Nashville SC moved up to get the guy that they wanted, and they did. Uh, Alistair
0: was in Champions League. Celtic didn't make it through. Um,
1: yeah sorry. i wasn't sure if they're champions league or europa league i, I should were, probably know champions. that uh, my beloved west ham
0: uh playing shortly actually i believe so. yeah good luck to <laughs> you um yeah we'll stick with carmichael then the second round pick uh, again a teammate fellow center back at cal he'll also return to cal for another season so i guess nsc fans are going to wear a different shade of gold this year be cal supporters this year uh, carmichael watched the first round at home didn't get drafted went christmas shopping with his sister and uh, then he got drafted so if you ever want to be drafted just go christmas shopping that's how that works i'm sure uh, Tim, it's hard to project draftees, but especially those later round guys. Do you think Nashville said, look, who knows if any of these guys pan out? So we'll just draft a guy that played with our first round pick and maybe there's some chemistry there. Is that is that anything you think in Mike Jacobs thinking?
1: I mean, it doesn't hurt um, what, what we have seen in terms of what Jacobs really likes to do. He likes to draft guys from programs he trusts. And, you know, you've seen Creighton over and over again. Or you've seen Indiana, UCLA, Wake Forest. You've seen a couple times with Nashville SC draft picks. Cal is not necessarily one of those programs. Historically, they do have a new coach within the past couple of years. Um, they haven't made the NCAA tournament since 2019. So we'll see, but I do think it is a matter of, of kind of personal trust. And then when you do have that personal trust, Jacobs is going to to spend a lot of time kind of digging into what these guys provide. And I think, um, I would say maybe it is that he likes them playing together. I think there's a really good, uh, a really good argument that possibly he was he was scouting Meyer and said, "Hey, this other center back is pretty good too. <laughs> Let's draft him with, with one of our late round picks. Why not?"
0: Well, that's uh, that's happened before with um, with players that Nashville SC has drafted, where they go for one player and they see another while they're at it. Uh, third round, NSC went with Notre Dame midfielder Bryce Bonneau, developed in the FC Dallas system. Seventh member of his family to attend Notre Dame. Gatorade National High School Player of the Year before a three-year career so far in South Bend. 17 matches for the Irish last year, tied for the team lead with seven assists.
1: Man, imagine how insufferable that family reunion is. Oh, seven of us have gone to the University of Notre Dame.
0: Imagine if you're number eight when you went to like
1: (laughs) (laughs) Galparaiso. <laughs> no, but I mean don't bury the lead. The Irish, the Irish also made the national championship game and um they had a heartbreaker there, and he was the best player for them in that championship game. So the pedigree is impressive. Um, we're yet to see a non-first round pick play a minute for Nashville SC, um, unless I've overlooked somebody. So there's there's some intentionality there in 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 drafting a guy like this, but There's also the perspective of uh, if FC Dallas has developed this kid, they can acquire his or they can they own his homegrown rights unless they forfeit them and they have uh, not uh, kept those homegrown rights. So there's there's a reason that a club develops a guy and then doesn't keep him to sign. That doesn't mean he's not a guy who can contribute in this league, but it is something that Nashville SC has to look at and say, um, you know, we, we believe in ourselves more than FC Dallas may believe in themselves.
0: Mike Jacobs, a former college coach in the state of Indiana at Evansville. Knows that uh, that community very well, I'm sure. Uh, also another place he knows pretty well, Duke. Uh, NSC signed the ACC Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, non-drafted signee, Forrester. I'm sorry about the last name. I'll, I'll look it up. Ajago. Uh, Is what I will say, Uh, forgive me if that's a mispronunciation signed through the 24 season option years through 27 ranked seventh nationally with 14 goals also once called up to the Ghanaian U17 national team so Nashville didn't go attack with its draft picks nor should you typically in this draft unless you got pick number one or two, but they do sign an attacker here Tim.
1: Yeah, speaking of Mike Jacobs, liking uh, backgrounds that he's comfortable projecting to Major League Soccer success. Um, There's a really long history of of Ghanaians finding success in Major League Soccer, um, including... Uh, but not limited to a, a, a few past Nashville SC players, such as David Akam. Um, of course, you know, a Dookie is going to be close to Mike's heart as well. So um, the fact that that Ajago has signed and, and the draft picks haven't haven't been signed and, and won't all be, it's, it's something to watch. It's interesting. Nashville must have had to file his discovery rights as soon as he went unpicked, but then why did he go unpicked if he's worth actually signing right away? It's kind of a weird situation. I have not looked into it that much, but it's definitely something that um, I think there's a belief that this is a guy who can actually play um, in In a way, in a way that um, you know makes it weird that he didn't get drafted.
0: Yeah, I looked first to see maybe he's like five foot seven, (laughs) you know. He's he's just a really small. He's not. He's six foot two, so he's got good height. I don't know what the story is there. We will learn the story there, and we will uh, we'll tell you more as we learn it. By the way, before we leave the draft topic, congratulations to Lipscomb, two top eight picks, including number one overall, Tyree Spicer, number one to Toronto. Malachi Jones goes number eight. Uh, Tim, I've called some matches for this Lipscomb soccer team. It's actually my favorite jacket. Uh, that I wear, uh, I had it on today, Lipscomb soccer jacket, even though I'm more of a Belmont guy. Uh, I just call <laughs> some Lipscomb matches and extremely impressed with these two guys. Um, they actually played alongside a couple of twin brothers who are the sons of the head of Puma International, random fact there. Uh, great things happening at Lipscomb. You could almost say Lipscomb soccer is kind of the, they're like a Belmont basketball in that they're a mid-major program that's really burst onto the scene, except in Lipscomb's case, they've been nationally ranked now for a couple of years. Great to see some local guys get get the job done here.
1: Yeah, and uh, Malachi Jones has has an interesting Nashville SC connection, and that two of his younger brothers played in the Nashville SC Academy. Um, Zion and, and Isaiah Jones were members of the, oh gosh, I, I tweeted it last night. I think U seventeen team a couple years ago. Um, so uh, you know, if if Nashville SC had existed a couple years earlier, maybe Malachi Jones would would have been one of of this club's first homegrown guys. Um, it's really exciting to see him go number eight, and of of course, seeing a Lipscomb guy, um, Tyree Spicer, uh, not a local guy. He's he's uh, from the Caribbean, I believe he was Trinidadian, Trinidad. if I recall correctly. Yes, yep. Yeah. So um, it's it's really cool to see, um, you know, even if it's if it's not uh, precisely a local connection from from a um, you know born raised developed sort of perspective, but um, Lipscomb becoming a powerhouse cannot hurt Nashville Soccer yeah. Club. I don't think. I think it, it can only help this club develop um, its ties to the community and and hopefully develop some talent going forward
0: see parts with five international slots for a combined 800,000 uh, as expected. We knew that they would do that. We just didn't know the exact going rate. So 800K, Tim, that GAM is going to go toward either solidifying the core, which means we'll never really see it used, or increasing trade clout.
1: Yeah, and, and we saw some of it, uh, I guess, theoretically, they, they kind of did a little bit of like GAM arbitrage <laughs> with, their, with their draft picks. But it is a situation where... I think what, what you mentioned makes the most sense there. We're going to see some of it get traded going forward and, and possibly for assets that are a little bit more exciting. The majority of it is going to make sure that this club has the assets to keep the, the core of the roster in place as they want it to be and, and to build going forward and, and, you know, give guys raises for, for hitting their, their um their goals and their contracts and things like that. And it, it's not sexy. And I know people, Uh, especially Nashville Sea fans on Twitter really like to complain that they aren't seeing where all this gam is going. The gam is just disappearing, but it is going to to maintaining and and improving the core of this, of this roster and and keeping the current players happy.
0: Speaking of value uh, now through December 23rd, when you buy a $25 gift card to ML Rose, you get a $5 bonus card. So if you're looking for an easy gift for a coworker, for a friend, for a family member that you really care about, but not enough to like go actually buy them a physical present. There's no better present than burgers and beer anyway. And you take that five dollar bonus card and buy yourself a beer. Uh, yeah, I was, gonna, I was gonna say you
1: don't give it to them, you don't make it a $30 purchase. You make it, you make it at 25 and five, and, and you That's get it. a little bit for yourself, too. That's the move. ML Rose, 8th Avenue, Capitol
0: View, Mount Juliet, West Nashville. Also expanding East Nashville, Gallatin, and Franklin in the coming years. It's their 15th anniversary. I guess now last month, maybe the, no, it's this month, still this month, the birthday burger is on offer there, uh, Tim, no better place to go to celebrate the holidays with people that you care about or mildly care about and want to pass the time in a nice place. Yep. Check it out. Uh, before we transition into talking a little bit of us open cup drama for a minute, uh, we took a brief break in the podcast just now, uh, seeing behind the scenes, we have to stop the zoom call and start another one when we go a little long. And, uh, I, I told my son, you're being really good. After we record this, we're gonna go get some lunch. And he said, "At oh, Emil Rose." So <laughs> he was disappointed. So, I'm I, sorry, bud. They have not expanded to Colorado. Yet. They're not in Boulder yet. Uh, I did have a burger last night. It was pretty good, actually, but it was not Emil Rose worthy. It was not not the same uh so uh, yeah he he ris- wishes we could go to ml rose he also wishes we could play in the park across the street from our house which again tough to do but uh, senses of space and time not strong when you're three years old i guess um <laughs> u.s open cup so all right the the ultimate friday news dump for major league soccer now, almost a week ago, they came out and said that they were proposing to u s. soccer that MLS offer up its next pro teams instead of its first teams to uh, relieve schedule congestion. Yeah, a congested schedule after they were the ones who suggested a three team or three game first round of the playoffs and added a whole nother tournament uh, in the summer. Schedule congestion, really, you know, really important. u uh, s. soccer responded on Wednesday morning and said, "No dice, we are going to reject your proposal. Your first teams will be playing." Uh, explain if you will the dynamic quickly behind why US soccer has that power and what you think this means going forward.
1: Yeah, US soccer uh, as as part of uh the the sanctioning body for leagues in this country, um essentially FIFA uh grants the grants the governing power to the confederations that would be CONCACAF in our region and CONCACAF uh, and FIFA together grant the the power to one one per country uh governing bodies and and uh, in the United States, it is USSF. Uh, I think fans are probably also familiar with FMF, which is the Federación uh, México de Football, and and uh, CAN. Uh, I don't remember what theirs is called, but Canada <laughs> has one too. Um, and, and USSF, uh, as part of its pro league standards, uh, clubs have to be sanctioned by USSF. Um, and in in the United States, they sanctioned the league, and the league sanctioned the clubs. Effectively, USSF says in order to be a, a first team league, you have to have your teams participate in the U.S. Open Cup. That is our competition. It is the one competition that United States Soccer Federation runs itself, and so they can say, "Hey, you are not first division clubs in this country unless you participate in our competition." And um, they can say that. They absolutely should. I think what MLS did was embarrassing. Um, and yeah. It's an embarrassment. It is a slap yeah. in the face
0: to the quote-unquote pyramid. And I recognize the first tier is a closed system here. And we can't compare ourselves to pretty much any other you know system in the world. But you at least have to, to nod toward protecting the game and honoring the game. And promoting goodwill with the game. And here's my opinion on the whole thing. And if you're listening to this, we assume that you are pretty filled in on the background here and, and what ex- exactly happened, you know, beyond what we just described. I think that this was a long play for MLS to do, as it said last year after its, you know, midseason meetings, to upgrade the the, the benefits they can get from the Open Cup. Uh, whether that's trying to negotiate that into the Apple TV package so they can add it to that that cut, maybe make some revenue off of that get some ad money off of that, uh, whether it's increasing the quality of, of the coverage to make their teams look good uh, instead of traveling to places that are, are barely regulation pitches in front of 500 fans. I would say that's the beauty of the Open Cup. That's part of the beauty of it. No. I don't know that they ever expected U.S. soccer to grant this request. I think they were using this as a cudgel to negotiate in the future and say, look, we, we threatened to withdraw. You know, we, we're we going to tell our teams to play scrubs here and not respect this tournament until we have a cut in this. I don't know if that if that's too conspiratorial on my part. Maybe they yeah, really I, did think I, I, they'd I, get this passed. I just I did, the way it happened so quickly, they look really bad in the near term. I think yeah. they were willing to look bad in the near term to get what they want
1: in the long term. I, I just think the juice isn't worth the squeeze if you think it's gonna get denied anyway. You look so bad even before USSF says no, you can't do that. And then when USSF says you can't do that, you look even worse because it makes you look not only like you don't care about soccer in this country, which um I think is a fair, a fair interpretation of how it made them look, but it also makes you look like you're an idiot as a negotiator. And and if you're trying to if you're trying to take a essentially a bigger piece of the pie. Uh, of American soccer, which MLS already has the lion's share of, I think is it's fair to say and you're and you're doing it in a way that that you essentially fail to do, but you're also doing it in a way that is going to further alienate the fans that aren't already invested. If somebody is a fan of of Pittsburgh Riverhounds and you had a chance to win them over to be a fan of Columbus Crew or Philadelphia Union, and you do this and they're saying, screw you, I, I'm already wasn't a fan of one of your clubs and now I'm going to make sure I never am. And I I think it's, I I think it's stupid from MLS. I I also believe that's an immature mindset that a lot of USL fans, including a lot of of former Nashville SC fans who have moved on from Nashville SC because it moved up to major league soccer. There aren't that many of them, but there are people who say, because it's in MLS, I'm not, I'm not going to pay attention to this club anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm giving up on the club that I followed since it, since it launched in 2014. I think it's an immature mindset but it is not a mindset that MLS has control over. People have that mindset and they need to find a way to crack away at that. Not a way to make sure that they are, they are kind of um, setting that mindset in stone and making sure that people look at them and say, no matter what you do, you have, you are the people who have done this. You are, you Mm -hmm. will always be the man who wrote the Brown bunny. If uh, people are deep (laughs) into Roger Ebert lore, (laughs) like I am, I guess, but it is a situation where they, they have, they have, gained very little perception wise and in terms of, of practical practical gains at the expense of a lot, I would say.
0: I would say so too. I, you know, I think it was a negotiating ploy. I don't think it was a good one or a smart one. And I think when you gamble with the goodwill of your fans, and and by the way, when you release something at Friday at five o'clock, you know, it's not going to be popular. That's the classic move. Of course, they knew this was not going to be popular. I think they had hubris to say that even if us soccer accepts that request, fans will yell right now. They'll forget about it by Christmas and it's going to all be over. And we saw some fans reach out to us and say, Hey, you know what? I'm still going to watch the club. So going to follow the club, but leagues cup. I'm out. If that's the reason you're doing this yeah. is because you want to prioritize leagues cup. I'm out for leagues cup. I, I am not saying that. I don't know if you're saying that, yeah. but I don't blame a fan for no.
1: saying that. I, leagues I cup ruled. It was awesome. I'm it sorry. I'm awesome. sorry. I couldn't, <laughs> I'm addicted. Um, but the thing that, that, that is frustrating as somebody who who covers an MLS club and follows the league extremely closely all the league really had to do was was reach out to its clubs and say, all of you that have a second team, you are not permitted to play players from your first team in a round of the US Open Cup that does not include two major league soccer teams. If you are playing against an MLS team, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But at this stage, you have to play. Huntsville city FC has to put on a Nashville SC Jersey and play that is within the rules of MLS right now. And all they have to do is, is mandate that those are the maximum players that you can play in, in us open cup. And then you can come back to you to USSF next off season and say, look, all of our teams mailed this in, give us something. So it will make it worth everyone's while yours and ours. It's the same negotiating play without the horrible PR behind it. And I I just don't understand why they didn't reach out to their clubs and say, Hey, play only players from your second team. They have to, you know, they have to wear the first team Jersey. They have to go out there and they have to go out and try, but we want you to save your first team players legs. You may not play them. If, if you know your players who have played X number of minutes may not participate in us open cup and do it quietly or do it or do it loud. And and nobody would have been nearly as upset about it as they have been. Yeah. Or at least say, you know, you're not encouraged to play those players or you have extra
0: roster flexibility to bring up whoever you want from your academies too. you know, you're the, you're the rule expert here, but I think there's a lot more they could. have. They can
1: for us open cup. They can bring up Academy guys. They can bring up guys who aren't on the first team. They can bring up guys who play exclusively for Huntsville. You are allowed to, for non MLS competition to play, whoever you want that is under contract (laughs) to your (laughs) franchise. And they could have just said, do that. And instead uh, they they had to do something that was just like a lead balloon PR move. I just don't understand it. Hubris and keep in mind, Don Garber. People, people, I know people, people criticize us for being Pollyanna. Pollyanna's to the league, but I'm going to just keep ranting about this over and over Uh, again as as long as it becomes so obviously a bad move it was a
0: terrible move and keep in mind. Yeah. Don Garber might've been behind this and might've been the spokesperson for this, but this was a club vote. This is a board of governors vote. So this is not just, uh, the commissioner. He's the face of this. This is the league. This is clubs within the league. So if you're frustrated, be frustrated with more than just one person here, be frustrated with, with your club. Potentially, we don't know how Nashville voted, but
1: presumably a majority was 17 people. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Exactly. Uh, Quickly, before we get out of here, uh, other roster moves happening. Free agency is underway. Trade window is underway. Uh, a few notes to flag here. You can you know, obviously get great league-wide coverage other places, but you know we like to talk about the league too. Uh, Julian Gressel appears headed for Miami, so it looks like our magical, amazing trade ideas might not pan out uh, Leipzig making a trade with Red Bulls to bring in a star to Red Bulls instead of the, the other way around. Emil Forsberg, who's great on FIFA, by the way, um, coming in from Leipzig to play in New York as a DP midfielder, big-time move there. Um, Orlando's Antonio Carlos going to Fluminense, a huge, massive center back for them for years going yeah. to Brazil. And then uh, I got to point out, I wanted Nashville to acquire Tom Barlow and Andrew Gutman, both of them headed to Chicago. So the Fire, now the All-West team. And if I'm on par with the Chicago GM, Maybe that's another reason why I should not be a GM. Uh, just saying. <laughs> and what do you think of any of those moves or any other moves that you've seen that you want to highlight here?
1: Yeah, I think it's really interesting to see Chicago land those guys. Uh, we we have talked about this in the past. Um, Gutman uh, was a a fire homegrown and was supposed to sign with Nashville SC. Uh, I I have the scoop on on why he couldn't. I it was simply the benefit of being the only person who ever went to a a training for the usl club i got a one-on-one uh with with members of the club front office and and got the scoop on that um i going back home to his hometown club i think he would want to do that i think he was super unhappy that that he was unable to uh go to nashville when he wanted to as well but and for barlow a kid who uh is is i believe from the the illinois side of the st louis suburbs played at wisconsin a lot of chicago connections around kind of some of that combination as well it's pretty cool that chicago is a club that has struggled for so long with its identity and to build from within the league with guys who have a connection to chicago is a good way to start they've gone with the super dps for a while and, and very few of them have worked out in a very long time so um, seeing them seeing them go out and and try and build a different way um, they've obviously done a really good job with their actual homegrowns in recent years um, Brian Gutierrez, Chris Brady, obviously Gaga Slonina as well. They've done a really good job with that and finding a way to find some stability through other means rather than going out and, and signing. Uh, I, I don't want to say the worst DP I've ever seen, but the worst DP I saw this year in Zerdan Shakiri is something that, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to find a newer and better way. And I, I, I wish them success. I, I, Mm-hmm. i'm I, when people say oh yes college football is better when usc and alabama are good i say shut up that's so stupid but i <laughs> for whatever reason i feel like mls is better when when the fire is better uh, i feel you any other any thoughts before we get out of here today uh no i i do have one content recommendation i've given this content recommendation before i'm uh, presumably approximately eight weeks ago go out and give some blood everybody went out and did that this morning uh, every eight weeks I, I i basically do so uh that's, that's, my, uh, that's my request to everyone. If you are eligible to be a blood donor through the American Red Cross, find a drive near you and, and go out and, and help your community. Thanks for doing that. Uh,
0: CFMT.org, if you want to continue helping with tornado relief response, that'll take you to the Community Foundation and United Way pages for both Nashville and for outside the Nashville area. Uh, thanks for listening today and have a wonderful Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus, whatever you may celebrate, or at least a great, hopefully, time off from work. Uh, We hope it's a special time for you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks to ML Rose for the sponsorship. Moon Taxi for the music. The 440 Sports Network for the microphone. We will talk to you again after Christmas.